The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hey, cool people everywhere. Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. That's oh. what I'm talking about. There we go. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I love Wednesdays. Everybody likes our jing- our uh, jingle, too, so it's good that we're playing it today because uh, Leslie Neverez says she dances along to it. There you go. It's the Jimmy Star jingle by Ozzy and MC Alfie. Yes. There you go. Our very first guest on the Jimmy Star show. Yes. The very first guest we ever had. Yes. So we got a great show cooking for everybody today. Before we get started, I want to... Uh, Tell uh, I want to introduce my co-host, starting off with the diva of Cool Drew Albright. Hey, cool people everywhere, and dogs panting. <laughs> <laughs> then we got the man behind the boards, Mr. Chad Murphy. Let's get ready to rumble. There you go. Mm. And uh, <laughs> I got like ten tweets just then. Okay, <laughs> you got him going there, Chad, with the, the dog barking and the. It's like instant tweeting. <laughs> That's right. And uh, oh, you do that good too, uh, Jimmy. Whoa. We can all pant. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm Jimmy Star. We want to welcome everybody to the Jimmy Star Show. We've uh, did I already say? Hey, did I already introduce Chad? Yes, yes, you did. Okay, I did. So do it again. Do it again. Okay, and then we've also got the man behind the boards, Mr. Chad Murphy. What's up, cool people? There you go. There you go. We got a great show. Before we get started, we want to tell everybody they can click the ITV button and they can see us, and we can wave and shoot birds and whatever we want to do. And if you're really, really uh, watching TV right now, you can see my new shirt. What What's, does it say? Oh my. It says, fuck me, I'm famous. There you go. And I just Instagrammed it for anybody who wants to retweet it. <laughs> that's, that's something else, Jimbo. And we want to say hey to everybody in the chat room. And if you're not in the chat room, you can enter the chat room. How do they enter the chat room, Drew? <laughs> uh, you go to the bottom right-hand corner of your page, and you can join the chat room. And then if you want to sign in with your real name, you can link your uh, Facebook or your Twitter account to it as well. And we've got a shout-out to Ken Pettigrew in the chat room. All right, everybody. KenPettigrew.com, Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Pacific. God, I'm getting so good at that now. Ken yes. Pettigrew <laughs> rocks, baby. He is awesome, awesome, awesome. He's on every night, but Thursday nights at 8 p.m., I know for sure. Uh, KenPettigrew.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Ken Pettigrew. And we have wonderful people speaking French, which our chat room translates, oui, oui. which is so freaking cool. Mm. And so hi to Ginger Irish. What's up? And we have uh, Sherry Emily in the chat room as well. Sherry Emily, what's up? And they're Carla all... Floor and a bunch of guests. So if guests want to show their name, they can sign in Actually, with Facebook too, and Twitter. Ginger Irish and Sherry Emily and Carla Floor are all part of the League of awesomeness. Yes. My Twitter that I tweet out all the time. So what's up, League? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all about it. 
I love your logo for the League of Awesomeness. Isn't it too. cool? I, I like cool. it too. So, and, and if you guys want to be on the League of Awesomeness, number one, you have to tweet me, and then you have to retweet me, so I see that you like pay attention, and then. If you're cool, I'll like make you a part of the league. Yeah, there's only about a hundred people in the league, so you got to be really like cool. But you know, but if you like me, you're cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so then it like totally, totally works. I mean, who wears "fuck me, I'm famous" shirts? I Jimmy mean, that Star. is so cool. That's right. I'm all about it. So you got to have fun. And uh, and so again, everybody, what's up, Ken Pettigrew? And what's up, Ginger Irish? And what's up, Carla Floor and Sherry Emily? And I'm sure there'll be some others joining in. The people we don't know. We got a really fun show. It's a kind of different kind of show. We're doing a brutal cast show today. Brutal's a new film that's uh, coming out. It's an awesome indie horror film. Um, I associate produced it. I've been going to conventions and and uh, film festivals with it. It's been winning a lot of awards. It was written by Michael Patrick Stevens. Um, it also stars Michael Patrick Stevens as Brutal. It's also the comeback film for A. Michael Baldwin, who everybody knows from the Phantasm movies. Yes. He's awesome in it. He's like – he totally like grew up to be like a total stud. Yes. He's like super good looking and really cool. And uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you guys want to check out uh, more information about the movie, you can go to www.mynameisbrutal.com. Yes. And you can follow them on Twitter – at my name is brutal and on facebook facebook.com slash my name is brutal there you go my name is brutal i love how it's all consistent <laughs> across the board that's one of yeah, my favorite i things. know it is <laughs> i know everybody drew doesn't like it if your website is one thing and your twitter handles another and your facebook is another which i don't either it's very good for branding and yeah. so we were fortunate that that nobody like took all those and we could do it yeah it's cool. It's a lot of fun. So, yeah, follow us on all those different things. We're going to talk about the movie, talk about the stars of the movie, talk with the stars of the movie, uh, play a little bit of music from the movie, show you some cool, like, memorabilia from the movie. Yeah, I brought mine. <laughs> People <laughs> and, can uh, see. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, the whole thing's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, I never even took the plastic cover off of mine. Me neither, because I'm scared. <laughs> It's going to, like, hurt people. What is it, a skin peeler? It's a, a potato peeler. You are correct, yeah, I'm sure they, Murphy. I'm sure they're peeling potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a movie called Brutal, they're peeling, peeling potatoes. <laughs> Do they ever it? miss the potato? I don't know if they do or not. Oh! Uh, <laughs> And also then before we make our first call, I want to like uh, uh, give a shout out also to some of the other cool projects we're working on, like A Mile in His Soul, the, the uh, movie about homelessness that we're going to be filming in Scotland. And you can check it out at amileinhissoul.com or follow us on Twitter, A Mile in His Soul. And uh, you want to follow me and Drew on, on Twitter because we're all we're looking to build our Twitter followers. I'm at Dr. Jimmy Starr. Well, his is built. Build me, people. <laughs> build me. I'm at Drew Albright. And we're at the at Jimmy Starr Show. Yes. That's Absolutely. Fun. And uh, so we're going to go ahead and make our first call. Let's go see what happens. Caller, go ahead. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> there's no caller. <laughs> I always have to do that, sorry. Hello. Hello, and welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. Hello, Jimmy Star. It's Michael Baldwin. What's hang up? On okay, well, hang on one second. Donna. 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 How is everybody? Everybody's good. How are you? I'm excellent. Cool. So before we get started, everybody, this is A. Michael Baldwin, the star of the new film Brutal, and you know him from the Phantasm series, and he's freaking awesome. And uh, let me introduce you to the co-host again. We've got the diva of cool Drew Albright. Michael, welcome back. Welcome back, Mr. Stud. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> then we've got the man behind the boards, Mr. Chad Murphy. Welcome back to you. 
Oh, that was like a Welcome well, Back Cotter reference. Thank you for that radio interlude. It was kind of like <laughs> it, it kind of made me think of Welcome Back Cotter the way you said that. Do you mm. guys know that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Welcome back. I was shooting for that. <laughs> okay, good. It worked too. I'm Jimmy Starr, and we want you to give a shout out to everybody in the chat room. Hello, everybody in the chat room, shouting outwardly to you. There you go. Awesome. Awesome. So we're very happy to have you back. How are you? I'm excellent. Good. We're excellent, too. I watched the film again last night. You're so amazing in it. It's so cool. I can't wait for the world to actually – I can't wait for the world to see it. I know you've been doing some conventions. Actually, for everybody, Michael and I, we were at Crypticon together in Kansas City. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. The film won Best Picture. And uh, uh, at the same time, it was at Rue Morgue Festival of Fear in Canada. It's being very well received. And, and so, like, are people coming up to you and uh, the people who've been fortunate enough to see it and saying, wow, like, you, like, totally made, like, the greatest comeback in the world? Well, the, you know, not too many people have seen the movie yet, you know, so uh, <laughs> no, that's not happening. But I expect it to happen, Jimmy, because you said so. I, I'm saying so right now. Damn, that was the best comeback ever in the world. <laughs> <laughs> The movie's freaking awesome because you have, though. You've been actually doing some conventions, right? Yeah, I got Schiller coming up, too, in New Jersey at the end of this month. Oh, actually, we had um, David Harris on last week who's going to be on Ch- going to Chiller in two weeks. From the Warriors. Yeah. Actually, so you'll know him. You probably already know him anyway, right? Who? David Harris. He played Cochise mm-hmm. in the Warriors. He was like the Indian warrior guy. Yeah. I know of him. Okay. Okay, so you'll meet him at Chiller because Chiller's a really big one. That's an awesome one to be going to. Yeah, it's a big show, no question about that. Actually, give it a plot. What are the dates, do you know, off the top of your head? The dates are the the weekend before Halloween, the 20, 27th. Let's see, Halloween's the 31st. So, yeah, that's probably right, like the 27th, 28th. 26th, 27th, and 28th, probably. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. There you go. Everybody chiller and chillers in, like, New Jersey or someplace, right? It is in New Jersey. Parsippany, New Jersey. There you go. Everybody, actually, if you're in the area... Uh, 20, 20 miles out of Manhattan. Yeah, that's a good one for everybody to go to. It's a huge show. It'll always it always have a lot of really big guests, of course. And they got Michael Baldwin. He's a big guest. They have Michael Baldwin, so how can they go wrong? They cannot go wrong at all, at all. I, I don't think that anybody could go wrong having you. And so, so tell us a little bit about like like how has it been? Like, because now you're going to be working on some other movies, which I don't even know if we're allowed to talk about. Are we allowed well, to talk about any of those other movies or no? There is one that's pretty interesting, but, uh, you know, who knows? We're not allowed to talk about it. Okay, we're not allowed to talk about it, so you didn't hear it here that there's going to be another Phantasm <laughs> movie, and we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, I really have no information with regard to that. There you go. Good. Okay. So so how was it coming back for Brutal, then? Let's talk about that. Um, well, can you be more specific? Yeah. <laughs> Sure. You, you you came into a movie. It was a really cool script. You get the shit beat out of you. How'd you like it? <laughs> you know, it's a challenging. It was a challenging, uh, challenging shoot. It was difficult to be uh, chained to that chair for you know days and days and days and days at a time, and uh, in a cold basement in Portland, Oregon. Definitely, uh, definitely challenging, but uh, rewarding in some sense. I wouldn't exactly call it fun, but. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Uh, rewarding work. Working with uh, Michael Patrick Stevens, of course, is uh, was a pleasure, and uh, he's an excellent director and a hell of an actor too. So a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of good things to look forward to for people. Absolutely, I think that chair is going to become iconic. 
um, because like now that chair is featured on all the like the movie poster and promos for the film. Uh, we used it in our promo for the Jimmy Star Show. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like Aliens where they have that one egg, which is so iconic. It's like the chair, which I right. love. And so, you know, you got to sit in it for a long time and it looked very uncomfortable. I, I got to and I had to. You got to or you had to. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you, were, you had the privilege. <laughs> so we should yes, tell. I had the privilege to be chained to it for 10 days or so. <laughs> so we should tell people who haven't seen the film yet and like a little bit about the film. We don't want to give too much away, but a little bit about the premise. And maybe you can do that, Michael. Well, I think the blurb that you have on your website is pretty close to it. I mean, Brutal is basically the story of a, of a family man a businessman who is, finds himself uh, inexplicably ensnared in the um, sticky web of a, uh, of a hideous and a torturous madman. And why is he there? How can, you, how can he survive? How can he escape, ultimately? And uh, what would you do if you were in that situation? And um, through the course of the, uh, of the film, we, we hope to find out the answers to these questions. Yeah, you that's guys a good one. I love the answers to the questions. <laughs> so when you were playing this role, did you answer any of those questions like for yourself personally, like what you would do if you were in such a situation? I would cry a lot more, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the movie is is pretty hardcore. It's pretty uh it's pretty brutal. It's aptly named. I I, I can't I know it might sound counterintuitive, but I, it's difficult for me to, to spend too much time and energy placing myself in that kind of horrific situation. Um, you know, as an actor, we, we play. We, we just pretend. It's, it's as simple as that. I, um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, the method and like, trying to live it, and, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, it's a... It's a hardcore movie. It's just, you, one doesn't want to dwell there too long. You know, it's pretty intense. Absolutely, absolutely. And when people you kind of want to be intense. done with this kind of picture and be done with it forever. That's right. So, like, so if people want to get an idea too, a little bit, you can go to mynameisbrutal.com and actually watch the trailer because the trailer itself is relatively intense. And um, actually, this is a way intense movie. So, if you are like shocked easily or like. You know, some of the like the really like dumb light core like movies are too much for you. You're gonna have a hard time with this one. That's more all the reason more that you should see it. <laughs> I have seen people watching uh, the film in a in a in a uh, at Crypticon, I think Jimmy, who and this is these are horror fans who had to leave the theater yeah, and they, walked out. They got up and left. That was super they intense. Got up and, left. and the next day, the girl came up to us and told us how like she threw up and like it was just too much. <laughs> They threw up in like one of the really th- cool Which things. Which I think about- that's the best kudos ever to the film, actually. That it brings. Do you really such believe a- that, Jimmy? Is that really true, or is she just pulling our leg? I don't know if I believed it or not, but she, it, it could have been true because I definitely saw them get up and leave because they had to like go walk over me. So it could right. be true, but it, it is. I could see how like if you're squeamish, it, it's pretty hardcore. This is like hardcore, like you know, saw stuff with an actual better plot, like a real plot. 
going on, right. but it's pretty like intense. And I'm a horror, I'm I'm a horror fanatic, so I like love the stuff. And so I think it's just fabulous. And I thought the whole movie was terrific. I thought the acting in the movie was terrific. I think the soundtrack is a lot of fun. And and I think that Alan Howarth, he's pretty amazing. That guy, isn't he? He he's super amazing. We're gonna call him in two seconds because I want to have both of you on the phone at the same time, so we can like, talk a little bit. So I think we we'll, maybe we'll call him now. You got a chat? Let's see if he answers. <laughs> Oh, and Chad, for people who are watching on the ITV, which you can see, click ITV on the website. He's playing clips from the movie, which which shows it's uh, similar to Saw and Hostel. And, but way better. Yeah. Way, way better. Howarth, right? Yes. Okay, I always mess up his name. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. Hello, and welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. Hey, fantastic. Wait for you guys to call. Good. Well, bef- is, is there a ti- time warp in Florida that I missed? No. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I have it written down. I'm supposed to call you at 3.15 my time, which is 12.15 your time, right? Perfect. We're all set then. Good. We're set. So let me like introduce you to everybody again, starting off with the diva of cool, Drew Albright. Alan, welcome back to the show. You're online with A. Michael Baldwin. I was going to tell him that. Fantastic. Hey, Alan. How you doing, pal? Then we also right. we got the man behind the boards, Mr. Chad Murphy. Hey, Alan, that was me that pushed the time warp button. <laughs> oh, man, sounds good to be here. <laughs> uh, I'm Jimmy Starr. We want to welcome you to the star to the show. And before we get started, just give a quick shout out to everybody in the chat room. Hey, shout gangs, we're here, man. There you go. All right, so we Thank do you. we do have a Michael Baldwin on the phone. He was talking about the film a little bit. I don't know. Did you guys even ever get to meet each other? You probably have. You guys met each other before. Only via media, not face to face. There you go. Okay, so we're via meeting uh, you again right now. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about your thought about Michael Baldwin in the movie because you've seen it, right? I'm sure a t- at least a couple of times. Uh, yeah, I, I, if, it, if it's somewhere near a hundred times, it'd probably be close. Only because as the composer, you keep going through the movie top to bottom, top to bottom, top to bottom as you're writing the music. So, definitely seen it. Scenes develop, uh, you know, from the inspiration of uh, Michael Patrick Stevens to to a Michael Baldwin jumping on board. You know, it, it's a really tour de force for an actor because it's just two guys in a room. So if the actors don't act good, the movie don't go. So it's it's really a great opportunity uh, for Michael to do his thing. Absolutely. And we should say that like a Michael Baldwin is the star, and he stars opposite. Michael Patrick Stevens, who is also the writer and director, and Michael Patrick Stevens, his character name is Brutal, and so that's where we get the "My name is Brutal" because there's this great line in the film where uh, Michael's asking, you know, what is your name? Like, what's going on? And he says, "My name is Brutal." Hence the website and everything else. Yeah, so that's a, that's the a tie-in for everybody who hasn't seen the film. Uh oh. So. <laughs> is everybody still there on the line? Well, so here, where, okay. where do you want to go with this, Jimmy? I mean, you got you got two uh, two experts here. Go anywhere you want. Okay, there we go. So, how was it for you, Michael, to star opposite also somebody who's directing the film while interacting with you? Uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's actually quite helpful. Um, the person uh, responsible for the overall vision of the project is, of course, the director, and if that person's right there in your face the whole time, it, it, uh, <laughs> it allows you to really 
trilogy working off one another, and so I, it's, you know it's, it's quite helpful. Um, and I, I also have to say, just knowing in the back of my mind that Alan would be composing the music for the picture is also gives you a level of confidence that maybe you might not otherwise have. Um, Alan is uh, a very talented man, and so knowing that he was going to be there, uh, sort of uh, uh, painting his own uh, picture, his own swaths of. Uh, of auditory color across the landscape is uh, is a good feeling to have. Oh, I like the way you worded that. Which I have to say, that's the 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 the, the composed music is brilliant. By the way, Alan, it's really really good. It really puts you in the mood and sets the tone for the entire all the like creepy scenes. And so we got to give you kudos for that, which we knew you would be terrific at because freaking you're a genius. But it was very, very good and very, very, very well done. And for people, um, because Alan was also on the show, uh, but for people who may, maybe miss that episode, he's been the composer for the Halloween series. Freaking everything. Gremlins, <laughs> freaking Star Trek. Like, I mean, has worked on so many films as a composer and sound designer. And uh, so really, yeah, you brought a lot of credibility to the film. How come both of you chose to work with Michael Patrick Stevens? Because, you know, here's a guy, he, this was his first time, um, well, directorial debut. Come on, go ahead. You want to yeah. go for Michael and I'll do mine, guys. All right, Michael, you go first. Uh, well, basically, uh, what happened for me was that um, uh, Michael started uh, sort of courting me uh, via the magic of Facebook. And uh, as often as someone will uh, say hi to me on Facebook and want me to be in their movie, they'll send me their screenplay. And, um, you know, in this particular case, screenplay was really good, and I enjoyed it. And I thought that it was a departure from and something that, that would be good for me to do. But Stevens turned out to be, luckily for all of us, a straight-ahead, nonsense guy. He's a what-you-see-is-what-you-get kind of fellow. And um, uh, we struck up a uh, sort of a friendship, which turned into which turned into, uh, you know, working partners. And, uh, you know, the next thing you know, we were making a movie together. It's as simple as that. I like that. Go that ahead. is cool. Okay, Alan, your turn. <laughs> All right, well, my, my real-world experience was that actually Michael and his dad, Richard, came out to visit me on one of their trips to Los Angeles. Uh, Richard lives in Arizona. And Michael just came by, and it was a little more abstract. Michael said, hey, Alan, I really love what you've done. All that stuff you do, John Carpenter, I grew up on. Uh, you know, I love what you do. If I make a movie, would you be interested in helping me out, you know, kind of humble and, and just, you know, like, more like a fan? And you know, just as a personality, I liked him. I liked who the guy was. I liked what he was about. He's got a lot of other things going on in other directions besides Brutal, but he got to the point where he wanted to do a movie called The Haunted Caves and uh, created that around, and that script was well-received, but everybody wanted it not for him to not direct. So we got into this mode where he wrote Brutal specifically to prove he could direct and he acted in it and was the other character and the guy you'll see on screen. The director being here with me, they literally just left me alone and said, Alan, I don't care what you do, do your thing. And uh, I remember the great moment was when I sent the soundtrack back to Michael Stevens. I said, okay, Michael, you got to sit down and forget you're in the movie, forget you wrote the movie, forget you directed the movie, you got to be in the audience, watch your own movie with the soundtrack. Well, after he did that, he called me back literally in tears going, man, you saved my movie. And I was so grateful for what I did for him. And I was proud of what I did because obviously I wouldn't do things I didn't like. So it was a, it's, a, it's a great great story of, of somebody who just uh, reached out and both 
Michael and I uh, responded to that with uh, a bit of mentorship and uh, support, and now we got Brutal. came out great. Absolutely. That's, that's like, I just think it's like way cool the way it all comes together and the way things come together. And I also think it's cool for people who are listening since the majority of the people who listen to the show either are in the industry or want to be in the industry um, like to see how there's all different kinds of ways that everything can come together. And, and basically like you know, if you've got a good product like, and, you, you know, and you're like above board about what you're trying to do, you, know, you, can, you can get things done. Because this is like an indie film. This is like a low-budget film that really does not look like an indie film. And it looks really, really good, and I think horror fans are going to like love it. And I think the fact that you know you guys thought it was good enough to attach yourselves to it uh, speaks a lot for the film and Michael Patrick Stevens in the first place. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. I think too. It really um, it delivers such a rawness this film, and so that really comes through one in the score uh, because here to paint a picture, it's like two people in a basement. One is tied to a chair. Another one is doing all sorts of wonderfully obscene and cruel things. And um, and this is your set that you're working within. And so really it relied so much on the writing, so much on the performance. It was great set design too. I don't know if we're going to have set designers come on from the, the shoot. But um, uh, so it really everybody had to deliver talent. Otherwise, this is not going to come off because this whole production was just really based on talent. And and the rawness and realness, I think, really gives studio films a run for their money. I mean, that's what I really appreciated about Brutal. And I think each you know, of you I think contributed. That Alan, can, Alan will corroborate the, your, your concept. You know, the, the lower the budget, the more important each job is. You know, the, the lower the budget, the larger problems come, or the the larger uh, deficiencies will seem. So when the budget is very low, it's it's so important for the the many different elements of the film to be as spot on as they can be, because you know there's there's no money to to fix. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Just, another day. There's no. The resources when they don't exist. So you, you really, as the producer's point of view, you have a, a big responsibility to wear a lot of hats and to make sure that you are you are getting it right the first time around. Wouldn't you say so, Alan? Absolutely. The the challenges go to you are so exposed because the camera is running. There's going to be no special effect, no stunt, no other trick, no other cutaways, very few inserts. So it's really like standing there in real time, although it's not in real time, watching what's happening to these guys. And every, literally every breath, every expression is what we're watching to tell us the story. And every line of dialogue, and there's not very much in this case, which even makes it more important, is, is key to just propel the story and tell us where we're going. But it's all about the acting. And in this case, you know, Michael Baldwin being the receiver of all the nasties, uh, did an incredible <laughs> job. Uh, obviously, he, he gets hurt, and he's uh, he's letting us know that the receiver of all the nasties. I love it. That's like <laughs> awesome. And, and we have to say because this movie basically like takes place like in a very small enclosed little area, primarily like with Michael Baldwin, you know, in a chair. Yeah, in a wooden like electric looking chair that he's getting like tortured to death. So he can't even like I mean his motion he he doesn't even have motion very much um, to act with. I mean he's literally tied to a chair so. 
It's all you, baby. It's so freaking good because, you know, like I watch a lot of horror movies and I watch a lot of indie horror movies and I watch a lot of indie horror movies that have way bigger budgets than Brutal did and they fucking suck. (laughs) 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 And just the fact, you know, I think that having such good music for the film and having Michael Baldwin who, I mean, your acting skills were so superb in this film. They really, really are because like that's not the kind of like emotion like regular – most people can't act like that. Most people could never pull that shit off ever. Right, right. I definitely couldn't pull it off. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. We, we worked, all of us, very hard on the project, so it's nice that you guys like the movie so much. Thanks. Yeah, I think it's cool. And one thing, too, real quick, we have to give a quick shout-out because uh, Leslie Neverez tweeted me and said we forgot to give her a shout-out because I didn't see her in there. And so, hey, what's up, Leslie? Thanks for tuning in. And I also want to say because uh, I have a, a new cool best friend from Windsor, Mel from Windsor, so thanks so much for tuning in. Hope you are enjoying the show, and uh, everybody should follow her. She's at Mel from Windsor on, on Twitter, and, uh, and uh, you're on listening on the air with uh, Alan Howarth. I always mess up the name. I don't want to mess it up. You got it. I got it right that time. There you go. I got the Alan part every time. (laughs) (laughs) And A. Michael Baldwin. And we're talking about the new film, Brutal. Okay, I wanted to get that in there. Go ahead, Drew. You were going to say something. There we go. Well, maybe I was thinking, too, maybe we should play a bit of the score so that people can hear Alan's contribution to the film because it's quite um, adding to the suspense of the film. So let's play like, because it's kind of long, let's play like a little bit of it. Okay. Uh, And uh, you guys hang on the line one sec while we play a little bit of this. And this is going to be actually, this is going to be the main title in Carl's Family. This is from the soundtrack of Brutal. You can actually pick the soundtrack up at MyNameIsBrutal.com. And uh, it's it's really, really interesting. It's really, really cool. And uh, uh, this is the the main title for the film, composed by Alan Howarth. I almost messed it up. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) There we we go. go. Here we go. Let's see.
So that is some of the awesome composed music by Alan Howarth uh, for the Brutal Soundtrack. Way to go, Alan. Yay! <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And, and now what we're going to do, you guys, is we're going to do another welcome. we got a ton of people on the phone, but we're going to introduce them one at a time, starting with the writer, director, and other star of Brutal, Mr. Michael Patrick Stevens. Hello, and welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. Woo, woo. Oh, Jimmy. Hello, Alan. Hello, Michael. How's everybody today? We're good. Wow, you have such a deep, low voice. I don't know why. Like, I saw the movie. I just didn't expect it to be so deep. I, <laughs> it's very sexy. <laughs> So before we get going, before, <laughs> before we get going with you, Michael Patrick Stevens, let me introduce my co-host. Starting off with the diva of Cool Drew Albright. Welcome to the show. So happy to have you Hi. on. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. And then we've got the man behind the boards, Mr. Chad Murphy. Welcome, Michael. How are you doing? Hello, Chad. And uh, I'm Jimmy Starr. You already know me. Welcome you, to, welcoming you to the show. And you're also on the line with a Michael Baldwin and Alan Howarth. And, uh, and hey, now, we, now we got, like, the team and the crew, baby. Holy there we go. Right. So tell us a little. Hey, doing, guys? Oh, to, oh, before we get started, Michael Patrick Stevens, say hello to everybody in the chat room. Hello, everybody in the chat room. I'm happy to be on today. <laughs> there you go. All right, hey, Michael. Guys, I, my, my, Michael Patrick Stevens, do you still have the Internet on? Because you have an echo. I don't think that's him. I think that's Marsha. Okay. Marsha, Marsha. Marsha. <laughs> so, so, um, so let's go a little bit. Okay, so Michael Patrick Stevens, this is your baby. You, uh, you wrote this movie. You're actually starring this movie. You've got like two iconic people with you in uh, acting and working on the composition of this movie. Tell us a little bit about how it all came together. Well, uh, I had, uh, written a movie. Before I do hear an echo. Can you hear me okay, though? Yes, we can hear you just fine. Can okay, okay. There's feedback. Are you on? Are you on um, speakerphone? Uh, very simply, I uh, I wrote a screenplay uh, a few years before um, that I had taken to just a select few uh, studios and production companies, and to my wonderful surprise, every one of them wanted to do it, but uh, they would not allow me to direct. So I came to the conclusion, like every other person in that situation, I needed to write a low-budget film, direct it, and show everybody what I could do as a filmmaker. So that is what I did. And uh, I was fortunate enough to have Alan uh, on board from the beginning with my other screenplay, The Haunted Caves. He'd read it. I'd met him at his studio. Um, he loved it. Um, and, you know, the, the, the musical possibilities are really limitless on that film because of all the different locations and the... the grandness of the scale, um, as well as the story and the intensity and the moods. Um, but, uh, you know, Brutal, he came on board, and then, you know, I wrote the part with Michael Baldwin in mind, um, who'd been one of my childhood heroes uh, from Phantasm. So I just feel like the luckiest guy in the world that they both, uh, you know, saw the value in it, came on board, wanted to do it, and I, I think... With the time and the money that we had, we've come out with a great film. And, and you know, Michael did a fantastic job, which I heard you talking about, and I, I couldn't be happier. And we should talk a little bit about you, too, as, like, that was kind of like your acting debut, and you played Brutal, and, like, dude, you rocked it. Oh, well, thank you very much. It must have been a sexy voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that brings up to me, too, is, like, um... For a large part of the film, you don't have that many lines. And you know what? I really, really like that about the film. Because I think one of um, 
like a key writing mistake that people often make is like too much dialogue and over talking and uh, you did not make that mistake and so then when you do speak it's freaking creepy and impressive <laughs> which is true well well thank you i you know that's that's thank goodness for the uh editing process and some input put from mr baldwin um because i'm pretty long-winded by nature so when when you first write You're something, I was just thinking the same thing. I was going to say that. Way to go, Michael! Like Baldwin really hit that one. I, wa- I wanted to beat him to it. I knew what was coming, so I beat him to it. <laughs> He's a man after so, my own Alan, heart. Alan, don't comment because boy, Alan Alan's been through uh, more of it than you have, Michael. Unfortunately <laughs> for him, but. Uh, Anyway, um, so I, I, the, you know, I didn't have any time to write the script. I wrote it in 23 days. I sent it, and then I only had time for one re-edit. But Michael was very helpful there, um, especially with the time constraints. Because um, the haunted caves, I'd got to, you know, uh, perfect in my opinion over over a year and a half, and this was just bam quickly. So I actually had quite a bit of dialogue. I would say I honestly cut out 80% of it if you saw the original script. And I agree with you and I agree with Michael and it is by far scarier when I'm not saying anything. You know, but Brutal was pretty much a blabbermouth until, uh, uh, you know, the editing process. But uh, it's by far scarier to not say something. So by far. I think too though, yeah. like, a- as an as an actor, I've been in some movies that are pretty good, and I've been in some movies that really suck. And a lot of times, I find that if I'm acting across from someone who actually knows what they're doing, it's like you work so much harder and like you you know to actually be better. And the fact that you know you were working opposite Michael Baldwin and he's such a pro, you know, I think that automatically would like up the ante of of, of my ability to to perform. And so I well, think that probably like well, actually helps a lot. That was certainly the case with me. Um, I have such respect for him and, and such an admiration and had for so long. I mean, in between the moments where I was sitting there, you know, thinking, oh, my gosh, he's actually here. We're actually doing this. And now the camera's actually going to roll. Then you just slip into that mode. But I wanted to do him justice. Um, I, I Again, I wrote this part with him in mind. Um, you know, I love him from Phantasm and uh is enough and everything else that he's done, but I really always thought there was something more to him and that he could bring out more than the roles he had gotten. And uh, I didn't want to be the weak, weak link in the chain. So I was just holding that I could, you know, I was just hoping that I could uh, hold my own against him. But, you know, I will honestly say I've gotten a lot of, uh, you know, compliments on, you know, like you guys had said on what a great job I did. And I totally, totally believe that it's it's uh, that the case is because he did such an unbelievable job. I think if somebody really weak would have been in that role and not pulled it off, I wouldn't have looked near as good. And that you know, I, I really believe that. I actually agree with well, you. Thank you, uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I, I agree with that, and I think also it helps that like Michael Baldwin's like half naked a lot in the film, and he's grown up to be like a dilf. <laughs> and so that's you on a dope. And so, <laughs> well, Jimmy, if I would have had my way, I originally in the in the first draft of the script, which is a change that Michael made, had him completely naked. So, um, Michael, you could have pulled thought, that one off. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he would have come off more vulnerable that way. 
And, uh, you know, and then Michael Baldwin was like, um, Actually, it wouldn't know, have been I'm good. not going to be completely naked. <laughs> <laughs> it really wouldn't have been good but, you anyway. Know, in the end, I, I think he was right because it was, I think it was by far better that he had pants on. I know. I, that, think, you know, I think so, too. I mean, as much as, like, you know, I like to see uh, the goods like ever, just like everyone, I think, <laughs> I think that it left a lot to the imagination and the fact that, you know, I think that he's almost unrecognizable, you know, from Phantasm. You know, because in Phantasm, like, you were kind of like the cute, a little bit goofy kid, and now you grew up to be like the, like, you know, actor hunk dude. So I think uh, it has kind of, like, changed, and, like, I'm sure people, when they see the film, are going to be incredibly, incredibly surprised. Um, I don't think they're going to be surprised that you're a great actor, because um, I think you were always a great actor. I think they're going to maybe be surprised of, like, how you've, how you've matured and, like, really kept it all going, and then they're going to be surprised that you're, like, a total hunky dude. So I think it's a good. I think it's a good thing. And uh, what I want to do, you guys, is I want to bring in because we've got another person on the phone. We can see what she thought about acting with Michael Baldwin and being involved with the whole cast and everything. So next up, we're going to bring on Marvella. Hello, and welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. Hello, and thank you. I'm glad to be here. Good, and I know you got to listen to a lot of that, but I got to do all our introductions for everybody anyway. So on the phone already. Uh, well, first of all, we'll go with the diva of cool. We've got the diva of cool, Drew Albright. Marvella, welcome. Then we have our man. Thank you so the, much. The man behind the boards, Mr. Chad Murphy. Hello. <laughs> oh my God, that was him being sexy. Wait, hello. Sounds <laughs> like. Sounds like Michael Stevens. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm Jimmy Starr. We want to welcome you to the show. And before we hear you talk, we would like you to wish uh, say hello to everybody in the chat room. Well, hello, everybody. I'm so glad to be here. This is really fun. Okay. So then on the line, we have Michael Patrick Stevens, A. Michael Baldwin, Alan Howarth, and now you. who Howarth. Howarth. I'm sorry. God dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, I apologize. Alan, I feel bad. <laughs> We'll put them in the brutal chair. Yeah, I'm going to get put in the brutal chair next time. Okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, so tell us who you play in the film, Marvella. I know, but like, listeners don't. I'm the mother don't. of brutal. Oh, so you you birthed the bitch. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the old bag in the movie. And tell everybody your full name, too. Marvella McPartland. McPartland. And I don't know, that, you know, I, I really have always thought of myself as Brutal's mom. So if I have a name in the movie, you'll have to tell me what it is. <laughs> so for anybody who... It's ha- Ellen. You're Ellen. Lockman. Ellen. Ellen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so glad it was such a memorable experience for you. <laughs> so Marvella... You did a great job, though. You were incredible. You did a great job. Thank it's you. right. I think that you were terrific in the film, and I don't know if you were a horror movie fan before you saw Brutal or if you knew how iconic A. Michael Baldwin was, but like, tell us a little bit about how, how was it for you acting in this... You know, you being the, <laughs> the, the mother of the monster and then getting to act you know, in scenes with A. Michael Baldwin, which would totally like be awesome. <laughs> it is. It was awesome, and it was great fun. Um, I am not a horror movie fan. <laughs> I I listen to musical comedies and romantic things, and maybe some drama once in a while. This was kind um, of romantic. My, I'm not a horror movie film uh, fan, but I read the script because it was an opportunity that I knew was going to be a wonderful opportunity. And the script had so much, um, it had so many surprises and twists and turns. Which and don't tell any the of character them. That, <laughs> the character that I was going to play had an incredible role. You know, she was, she had a wonderful role. 
And so when I read the script, I realized that, you know, I should get over this thing of, <laughs> of only seeing musical comedy. That's and right. Romances and expand a little bit as an actress. Yes. So this was a great opportunity for me to do that. <laughs> and it was um, a wonderful experience. And Michael, uh, both Michaels are absolutely wonderful. I mean, uh, Michael Baldwin was a classy person to be um, able to work with. And I, uh, I, I, I got a lot out of just watching him work. And uh, and Michael Stevens uh, is is just so you know he's a he's a great guy, and he has given me so much support and love and encouragement and appreciation. I couldn't ask for a better uh, a better situation on a personal level, and I'm so glad that the movie turned out to be so as wonderful as it is. I haven't seen the final edit. I can't wait. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? Oh, well, you're awesome. <laughs> I, saw, I saw it in its beginning stages uh, before they edited it finally, you know, and before the music was in there. Oh. And so I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, no, you got to have the music, though, because Alan's contribution with the music is freaking awesome. So you have to definitely yeah, have the music. That's what Michael said. He said it really took it and brought the movie up to a, a new level. It's kind of it's kind of different though because if like you're not a horror fan and you don't know who some of the people are, it might not be like as no. iconic. Because for me, like it would have been so iconic, like to be in a movie and have you know be in a movie composed with music by Alan Howarth. There we go, I got it right. Yeah, and Michael Baldwin because Phantasm I mean, is like the greatest like greatest movie of all time. It's the scariest yeah. thing ever. And and I always I feel kind of like the female version of Tarzan. I've been taken out of the jungle <laughs> and I have this opportunity to be in the city. I know nothing. You know, I'm a novice, and um, it, with this type of thing, I just, uh, you know, ignorance is bliss. I guess. There you go. <laughs> as long as, long as you no had a good idea. time, as long as you had a good time, that's all that matters. And and I uh, had a fantastic time. I had a fantastic time, and um, I really consider it a, um, a major wonderful experience in my life. And a lot of a lot of funny things happened on the set that will be lifelong memories for me. You there know? you go. So, oh, you you need to yeah. tell us, like, some of those. We need to hear some of those well, behind the scenes. I have one that I think is just really, uh, I tell it to everybody that asks me about the movie. <laughs> because, you know, I work for a church. One of my jobs is oh, a music director for a church. That's nice. Because I sing that's, and play the bass and all that stuff. Is that irony? And so I'm... Pardon? Is that irony? Does that qualify as irony? Yes. Don't you think it's irony? <laughs> For some reason, the universe brought me these opportunities, and I followed the lead. There you go. But I'm sitting in the uh, in the room waiting for my scene, or you know, when I'm needed. And there are two women that are working on the set, and they're both uh, very devout uh, Christians. And and I'm sitting in between them, and they're talking to each other across me. And they're saying, when you were in Jerusalem, did you go to this temple and the blah, you know, some place in Jerusalem? They had both been to Jerusalem and seen this, this temple. And they were kind of uh, going, uh, uh, you know, talking about it, and it upsetting because it wasn't very reverent or whatever. And out of the kitchen of this house where we're shooting the movie comes a, one of the guys on the set carrying a gallon and asking if anybody wanted any blood. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what a wild experience. <laughs> That's freaking fun. You know, kind of acid tripping. 
you know. Actually, too. Absolutely. I think as a promotional thing for Brutal, because Michael, Brutal's playing this weekend, right? At the Macabre Film Festival. Yes, it is. In Long Island, New York. Three days straight. Um, tell everybody about that, because we need to actually make sure you promote that, because I know we have a lot of listeners uh, up in the Northeast or in the United States, and anybody going, because LC uh, uh, Macabre has a Twitch, Twitch Productions has this big event weekend, and you're going to be there, or are you going there? I don't know if you're going or not, but I know a lot of cool people are going, and Brutal's going to be screened, so so tell uh, tell a little bit about it. I know it's October 19th yeah. through the 21st. It's all yes, over I'm Facebook. Gonna I'm, I'm going to be there, and... Um how that came about was Eileen Dietz uh, from The Exorcist, um, who is a huge fan of mine, if you want to put it that way. She's absolutely wonderful, charming woman. She uh, she came and saw Brutal twice um, in L.A., once in Burbank and once in Santa Monica. Wow. Uh, yeah, two days in a row. She just absolutely loved it, and that was that was the rough cut, so... I, I was very flattered by that. She can't wait to see the, the completed version, but uh, she called them up. She's going to be appearing there as one of the guests. They're playing The Exorcist. She's doing a Q&A. And, uh, you know, so she said, oh, you, you've got to have this film brutal. So so they watched it, and, you know, they've got different stars and different films and different events through the three days, and they loved it so much that they're showing brutal all three days. Um, you know, and they're only showing The Exorcist once, which is, you know, a classic, so I, it was pretty flattering. Um, and you know, they're flying me out there and you know, paying the Perfect. bill, so that's awfully nice. It's very, it's very exciting, and it, there's going to be a lot of people. And um, she's going to make sure that uh, you know, I mean, she has already gotten us a lot of exposure, so I'm very excited to watch it with a live audience again, especially one that one. big. It's going to be um, a good one. I watched it it's going to be a good one, and they have a lot of cool celebrity guests. David Harris, who was our guest last week, is going to be there. Douglas Tate's going to be there, who's been on the show like umpteen times. And uh, so they the have dead a, father who we had the dead on the father show had, a while we had on the show. So they're going to have a lot of really cool guests, and I think almost uh, uh, David Madison, Mr. Hush, all the people from Mr. Hush are going to be there. Oh, cool! Uh, so basically, like it's basically like a Jimmy Star Show reunion. Yeah, except for Michael Baldwin's well, probably not going to be there. You're not going to be there, are you, Michael Baldwin? No, I'm afraid not. Okay, but other than that, it's going to be a Jimmy Star Show reunion. So, Alan, you're probably not going either. <laughs> Is well, Alan still there? Brian O'Halloran. Oh, oh, yeah, Brian oh. O'Halloran's going to be there, and he's been on the Jimmy Star Show. Yeah. Um, Actually, it's should, a Jimmy. we should be there. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it'll be a lot of fun. And the reason they show The Exorcist is already a classic, and the reason they're showing Brutal three times is because it's going to be the next classic. Yeah. And so there you go. How do I tie that together? So we have one other person on the line, and then we can do kind of like a, oh, we have two other people on the line. We'll do kind of like a group talk. Um, and I, oh, I don't know who's on the line, but Marsha, welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. How's that one? Well, thank you. This is all so exciting. <laughs> so Marsha, tell us your last name. It's Odierno oh if you want to be shishi foo foo, and if you just want to be down home, it's like oh dear no. Oh dear no. Okay, Marsha. Well, oh dear no. Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. Let me start off by introducing you to Drew Albright, the diva of cool. I want to be shishi, but like I I can't say it's shishi, so I'll be down home. <laughs> Welcome, Marsha. <laughs> nice to meet you. Then we have the man behind the boards, Mr. Chad Murphy. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. How are you? Hi, Chad. <laughs> then then uh, I'm Jimmy Starr. We want to welcome you to the show. How about uh, give a quick shout-out to the chat room? Hey, 
hey, chat room, what fun this all is. And then just to let you know, all the other people that are on the line listening, in case you get nervous, we got A. Michael Baldwin, Michael Patrick Stevens, Alan Howarth, Marvella, and you. And tell us what you did for Brutal. Well, I was in the right place at the right time, and when his mother was pregnant with Michael, I was pregnant with my youngest daughter, Gina, and we were together all the time, so I knew Michael from in utero. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Wow. He's such an inclusive person. He likes to have his family and friends be involved in all the antics that he's in, so we've got to see a lot of his creativity and growing in the years, and this was just you know, we're all movie buffs, so this has been a fantastic journey to to be a part of all the things that he created and and wow. with the people that he created them with. It was just it was marvelous. Well, you know, he's a pretty big dude, so you're probably lucky he wasn't in your utero. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. We should say, like, how tall are you, Michael Patrick Stevens? Yeah. I'm I'm only six foot three. I mean, I'm not that tall, but he looks like oh eight feet God. tall. Well, in he's the like film. even standing next to Douglas but, Tate. He was like two feet. Looks like he's a foot taller. Douglas Tate's huge. He's well, a big guy because I'm I'm six feet wide. So you know that makes <laughs> me look taller than I am. So <laughs> so, so Marsha. Oh wait, who else is on the phone? Hello and welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. Dominic's on the phone. Hey Dominic. Okay, Dominic is like the other half of Marsha, right? That's okay. right. Uh, okay. My son, except for Michael, who's my son, almost. <laughs> okay. Okay, so so Dominic, who also plays Detective Ray Fry in Brutal. Hello. Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. Let me introduce you. We got Drew Albright, the diva of cool. Welcome, Dominic. We got Chad Murphy. Hey. We got Chad Murphy. Yo, Domino. I'm Jimmy, hey, I'm Jimmy Star, and on the phone we've got A. Michael Baldwin, Alan Howarth, Michael Patrick Stevens, Marvella, Marsha, Dominic, and you, me, and somebody else. Hello, and welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. Thank you. Hey, nice to be here. Now, who's that? Who, wait, who's the new person? This is Kent Luttrell. Okay. I don't know who that is. You know who that is, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kent Luttrell is our co-producer. He is also a, a high school friend. He was uh, best buddies with my brother. And uh, it was a big deal when uh, uh, Kent got his first role in Stand By Me, which was his first movie. Oh, my God. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was quite the talk of the little town of Beaverton. So <laughs> he helped me tremendously on, on set and getting all the props and everything together. And he's, he's a world-class stuntman. So thanks for joining, Kent. All right, Kent. Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. I'm Jimmy Star. We've got the diva of cool Drew Albright. Welcome. We've got the man behind the boards, Chad Murphy. Hello. And, and we now we need Kent and Dom both to say hello to everybody in the chat room. Hey, everyone hello, in the everybody. chat room. There you go. That works. And just so, I, Kent, since you kind of just came in, and I don't know if you were listening before, we have the star of Brutal, a Michael Baldwin, along with Michael Patrick Stevens, the composer of Brutal, Alan Howarth. Then we've got Marvella, Marsha. Is that everybody? And Dom, but Dom's like one of the new people we just yeah, added. Okay, that's so everybody. that's everybody. So like, welcome Woo. to the Jimmy Star Show. And, uh, the whole gang so, is here. So let's <laughs> let's go back to Dom, Detective Ray Fry. How was working oh, on Brutal cool. for you? And how did you like being in a movie with the iconic Michael Baldwin with music? By the iconic Alan Howarth, and being and well, making a movie with it, a friend. Yeah, I, I gotta say it was uh, it was it was sketchy that I even got in the movie. If I hadn't known Michael since we were babies, uh, 
probably wouldn't have the opportunity. So it was a lot of fun, and it was an honor to to meet Mr. Baldwin and and everyone involved. It for for the budget that was put together. Uh, it's incredible the quality uh, of folks that got involved. So I, I just want to give a shout out to everyone for that and the dedication that was clearly there with everybody, including my friend Michael. I was just very, very proud of him. And, and uh, so when I got the chance to actually, Kent did my uh, interview to uh, see if I could, uh, you know, hold my own in the movie. And uh, obviously, I'm not an actor, but I had a lot of fun and, and uh, really got a great time seeing Mike and his element and. I got a story. I don't know if Mike, so now's a good time to talk about the funny story about when we wrap things up. But I, I got a great story to share with everyone, which really, uh, I think, puts a cap on the whole experience for me, at least. And we were uh, we were wrapping up shooting. I think it was the last scene that day. And normally they were working late into the night. And, uh, you know, he was uh, shooting the, the horror scenes in the basement across the street from my mother's house. And um, my mom didn't talk about the fact that her house that I grew up in and Mike and I spent our our childhood playing in was uh, a main uh, feature of the the film. But uh, So we're across the street wrapping things up, and and, uh, Mike's, of course, in a bloody mess in his his coveralls and and blood everywhere. And I'm I'm at the fry, so I've got kind of a suit on. And we're walking across the street uh, back to my mom's house. It's in the afternoon. So I noticed the the postman was driving by, uh, delivering mail, he turned to look at us, and his eyes got as, as white as saucers. And I, 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 I kind of thought to myself, I wonder what he's thinking. But we just kind of walked over to Mom's house, had a quick chat, and and Michael decided that he needs to run up and take a shower, and I was going to head home. So it was about ten minutes later, fifteen minutes later. I'm leaving the house, driving down the street, and then I do a double take to my left because I notice something out of the corner of my eye. It's a police officer, a real one. Uh, in the driveway of the neighbor's house with a cop car parked right by my mom's house. I, I, I almost kept driving, and then I thought to myself, hmm, something, something clicked in my head. I turned around, I did a U-turn, got out of my car, and I said, let me guess, you got a call from a postman. <laughs> and he said, how did you know that? And I said, well, <laughs> I just had a funny feeling. So I, I showed him my fake badge, and I had the script in my car, and he got a chuckle out of that, and he says, well, just you wait a second. I said, what are you talking about? And here comes two more cop cars pulling up. So there were three cop cars, a whole mess of people there, and it was just this crazy scene. And, uh, you know, they all got to started getting a laugh at it. And, and finally they, they, they met the guy that, that owned the home across the street, got everything squared away, and we're leaving. And I heard the one police officer say, you know, that's the third time this year. So I guess this kind of thing happens in Portland. There's a lot of filming going on these days, but but it was it was a lot of fun, and that was a, a funny way to, to end things. Absolutely, oh, we should say funny. too that the film is filmed in Portland, like because I don't know if we mentioned that before. I don't think so. And uh, and it was winter time when you filmed, Michael. It was cold. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so so Alan, so so a Michael Baldwin was like strapped to a chair without hardly any clothes on in the freezing winter. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we had a little. We had a little thermometer down there, and um, it averaged about 38 degrees because I was looking at it constantly. But I think one day it got up to 41. But, yeah, the poor guy just went through a living hell to do that part. It was, you know. So the acting is real, though. Like the shaking and stuff, he was probably, like, freezing his nuts off. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it kind of works. It was very cold. There's no no question about it. It was one of the... uh, one of the more challenging shoots I've, I've ever been on. It was, it was challenging, and of course the, the the temperature was just part of it all. You know, it was, it was rough. 
So let's talk a little bit about because this movie has like kill scenes that you don't see in other not kill scenes because he because he doesn't get killed but but uh like like torture, torture scenes you know and like one reason I'm bringing up is because I have this really cool potato peeler that you can get at mynameisbrutal.com. dot com and uh, which I love it it's actually like my says brutal thing. on it and you guys like I want to know who. Uh, M- Michael Ball. I mean, uh, Michael Patrick Stevens. Like, did you come up with all the ways to torture Michael Baldwin on your own, or did like he assist, or how did you come up with some of these like, like amazing ways that you have to like hurt people? Well, uh, that was that was all me. So you know, uh, not not that I sit around thinking of different ways to torture people. But yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do something that had never been done before, so I was thinking of what you know. What have I not seen in a film? And there's been so many ways that people have died. And, you know, not just something that hasn't been done, but also creative, unique, would turn your stomach. And uh, when I was uh, in my late teens, I took off half of my thumb with a potato peeler. And I mean, it was oh. it was just gnarly. Is the only way I haven't I even taken I haven't even taken and the I, cover off of this one because I don't want to do that. And since I saw the pain that Michael Baldwin went through. In his yeah. torturedness, <laughs> yeah. I like. I don't even want to take it off. Did, did they hang up? Okay, somebody called in, but we didn't like click in in time. Oh, hang on, hello, you guys. Go ahead. Hello, and welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. Yeah, hi. This is uh, Stephen Whitaker. Uh, my friend Michael Stevens asked me to call in at one o'clock. Sure, Stephen Whitaker. Oh wait, this is good timing. Uh, Stephen Whitaker, you're the music dude, right? I am the music dude. All right. <laughs> uh, you're like the, the rock song. I like it. So hello and welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. Um, I'm Jimmy Star. We have the diva of cool Drew Albright. Steven, welcome. Thank you. I'm having a little bit of a hard time hearing you, but uh, I'm calling from a UPS truck right now. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Where's my package? This no, is Chad. There's Chad Murphy. <laughs> and on the phone, Mr. Stephen Whitaker, we've got Michael Baldwin. We have Michael Patrick Stevens. We have Alan Howarth. We have Marvella. We have Dom and Marsha. We have Kent Luttrell. And now we have you. All right. Well, hi, guys. So you actually, uh, everybody, there's an awesome soundtrack for, for Brutal. Uh, the music is by Alan Howarth. There is one really badass rock song. It's called This Thing That I've Become. Um, it's actually uh, written and the music is done by Stephen Whitaker. And that's how he came to be on the Jimmy Star Show. How you doing? Cool. Thanks. I'm really having a hard time hearing you, buddy. I'm really sorry about that. Uh, go ahead, Chad. You on speakerphone? Are you on a speakerphone? Uh-oh. Maybe we lost him there. Okay, maybe he'll call back. But anyway, the song is awesome. So, so Michael Patrick Stevens, why don't you tell us how we hooked up with Stephen Whitaker? Because I actually want to play the song for everybody to hear, so that way they go out and uh, buy the soundtrack because it's awesome. Hey, I've been, I've been, I played with Steve in a band for years. We played all over Portland. We've probably done 500 live shows together. Um, and, he, you know, he's a very incredible, talented guy. Um, I write all my own music and he writes all his own music and uh, we were never we could never really collaborate together very well but we played in a very successful band I was the singer all throughout Portland so you know but knowing how talented he is because I'd play my stuff he'd play me his stuff I was like hey man you know you think you could come up with something um, for my Haunted Caves trailer promoting my graphic novel at Comic Con and he knocked it out of the park you know he wrote two songs for the Haunted Caves and then, you know, same thing with Brutal. I said, can you write something from the killer's point of view? And I think he'll agree he nailed it, especially when you know the whole story of the film. 
Who's... So, um, I, I had actually intended on him playing brutal because acting was not what I was wanting to focus on. I wanted to focus on my writing and directing, and uh, he just couldn't get he couldn't get that much time off of work. Um, so, long story short, I ended up doing it. I talked to a few other people about it, but everybody was like, "Ah, oh, no, you should do it. You should do it." So, I'm very glad that I did it now. But um, hey, well, uh, yeah. who actually? Talent. I'm actually on a radio interview right now. <laughs> hey, that's funny. So, who's who's actually sings the song? Who is that? You singing it, or is that him singing it? No, that's him singing it. He he plays all the instruments. Yeah, we're yeah. there. Who's that? <laughs> That might be this Steven. Steve. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can, we can hear you, but I don't know if you can hear us. We've been talking yeah, greatly I, about you. <laughs> just the top of You guys said you dropped out, so I called back. I couldn't tell if you guys could hear me or not. Um, yeah, we um, can hear you. I don't know if you can hear us. I can hear you much better than before, actually. Thank you. Okay, good. good. All good. right, we were just talking with Michael Patrick Stevens about how he knows you and how you contributed a song to the soundtrack. And how awesome you are. And how you awesome you are. You got a lot of praise. It was, it was really nice. And uh, tell us a little bit about the song. Well, um, the origin of the song is kind of interesting in that um, the first script that Mike wrote, God, it's, it feels like a decade ago, um, called The Haunted Caves. Um, I read the script to it. And, uh, you know, Mike and I go back a long ways, and I was just trying to um, put in my two cents creatively to help him out, because it's a pretty huge endeavor to try to come from a nobody to a filmmaker. And uh, I wrote this other song called The Hand of God, and uh, in the process of writing that song, I came up with a little chord progression and a few lyrics um, that I really dug, but it didn't quite fit the character for his first film that he wrote. And uh, when uh, he sent me the script for Brutal, I read it, and uh, that little uh, song there popped in my head, and I was like, man, I'm going to run that by Mike and see what he thinks, and I played the intro on an acoustic guitar to him and sang a little bit of what I had lyrically, and he thought it was cool, and uh, and I wrote the rest of the lyrics for the song based off of the script, just so it would uh, just really be true to the movie, and uh, I actually found that a really, uh, really great way to write a song, because when you're reading somebody else's script, it's just a fresh piece of inspiration to uh, get material from when, you know, sometimes you just kind of run dry of ideas. So it was really uh, kind of a fun little project to do. There you go. So here's what we're going to do, everybody. Uh, we'll talk off the air. Well, we're going to actually play this song. Um, this song is on the Brutal soundtrack. It's available at MyNameIsBrutal.com. The name of the song is This Thing That I've Become. Uh, it's super, super awesome. Uh, when you get the soundtrack, all the other music on it is done by Alan Howarth, which you can also uh, check out his site, AlanHowarth.com, H-O-W-A-R-T-H.com. And just to let you know, Stephen Whitaker is StephenWhitaker.net. There you go. So we're gonna play it. How about uh, how about Stephen Whitaker? You uh, you announce it for us. Uh, like introduce it for us, and we're gonna play it for everybody. Okay. Uh, this is the song. This thing that I've become, based off the script Michael wrote for Brutal, and I hope you guys like it. <laughs> That I've known It's absent of all things Of everything I love I've come to take you there So you can 
finally see this thing that I've become that's killing me. It's haunted me these years, crawling in my head. A song that never ends, a song about the dead. I've come to take you home, to show you what you've done, so you can finally see. This thing that I've of sympathy Is there life in these eyes If there is it you and me Look at you Just look at you Feed the rage I'm coming to What you've done
So that's this thing that I've become off the brutal soundtrack, uh, written and performed by Stephen Whitaker. Way to go! I don't know if Stephen's still on the line because I don't know who's still on the line, but like, way to go! And if you're there, the song is awesome, and everybody can go to mynameisbrutal.com to get it. How's that? Thank you. It's really, really good, and we're going to talk a little bit with Marvella for another minute because Marvella's got to go, and we don't want her to exit without, you know, us singing her praises a little bit more. What a great job she did playing Brutal's mom, and uh, and the the fact that it was a very trying shoot, and uh, oh, and it's my birthday, and uh, they're bringing a birthday cake in here right now. <laughs> Happy birthday to you! Oh, it's like birthday donuts, <laughs> donut style. Oh, with candles. Oh, so all you guys who are guests on the Jimmy Star show right now, you're going to sing happy birthday to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Drew's going to start it. Hit it, Drew. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jimmy Star. Happy birthday to you. We didn't there expect that. There we go. Wasn't that cool? That was Dean was gonna, K. Piper. I was going to get you the carrot cake you and Gil love so much from that. Happy birthday, it. Jimmy. Hey, is, uh, is Steve still there? I have a card for you. Okay. I'm still here, Mike. Thank I you. Got, I got to go within a couple of minutes. Steve, anytime you got to go, go we just want to go ahead. That, I don't know if you're aware of, Jimmy, is Steve played every instrument, came up with every, every part, and... Uh, you know, he he did the drum track on a machine, then he did have a studio drummer. But why don't you tell him about that real quick, Steve? Um, well, you pretty much <laughs> you pretty much said it. I uh, uh, did everything, performed everything. Uh, it was uh, there's a company called Studio Pros in Los Angeles that is a, just a saving grace for guys like me who don't have a full band. And uh, they have a really good session drummer that did the drums, and a uh, really talented guy by the name of James Lugo. Um, mixed a song for me, and uh, yeah, I just I just kind of went into my mad scientist room and uh, did it all. And because I'm very rusty, it takes forever to do it. <laughs> so, I, I freaking but, loved it, and I thought like well, too, it's so orchestral, like to me, like I love strings and like how you come in all soft with the strings, and then it just freaking explodes. It's like operatic, which I thought well, matches the intensity of the film. Well, cool. If uh, I appreciate that and uh if for those interested if they really read into the lyrics um you can really get a lot from the movie in those lyrics because it it, it doesn't totally give it away but there's a lot in there that um tells a lot about the story but anyway i do have to get going i really appreciate you having me it was a pleasure to uh, be a part of this awesome thank you so much for calling in congratulations on the song and again to everybody you can go to stevenwhitaker.net and find out more about the awesome musician steven whitaker there you go thank yes. you so much this thing thank you I very I'm much have a great day. we also want to uh, say michael baldwin drove through the lincoln tunnel he lost reception i don't think he's on the line right now michael baldwin rules and, and everybody should definitely support the film not only because he's in it because it's a great film, but Michael Baldwin just rules and like any horror movie fan like has to love Michael Baldwin. They were talking in the chat room too, like Michael Baldwin sings as well. Did we talk about the Oh, that, I don't know if Michael, the last time he was on the show? I, I can't don't remember. remember. I don't remember either. But Marvella, because I know Marvella's gotta go too. So Marvella Yeah, I um, do. <laughs> uh, we know you gotta go. We wanna congratulate you on uh being a part of Brutal. Um everybody can go and uh 
go to MyNameIsBrutal.com and find out more about you. And we think you did an excellent, excellent job. And congratulations. And thank you so much for coming on the Jimmy Star Show. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Talk to you later. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So now we're going to go go back to uh, uh, Dom. Hey. Hey, Dom. Hey there, Detective Ray Fry. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing well. I think it, it's important to note that uh, the name of my character is actually named after my my stepfather, uh, Ray Fry, and uh, he was a, a guiding influence in my life when my, my folks separated when I was, I think, around seven years old. And uh, he was a real rock of the family, and, and we want to pay tribute to him, and Mike was uh, gracious enough to come up with that name. Uh, it was either going to be Guido or, uh, you know, Ray Fry, I think, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, but but it, was, it was great, and I, I was honored to, to be able to play a small part in and see the whole thing come together. Absolutely. Now, have you seen the finished product? Yes. Yes, I have. And uh, although I know Mike made a few more changes, I'm not sure. Mike, have I seen the final final? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, okay. So it's, I think I saw the final final. Quantum Leap. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was impressed with the last version, but uh, they made some incredible last-minute changes. So I think we're going to do uh, another premiere here in, in Portland, aren't we, Mike? Yes, on December 14th and 15th um, okay. at the Valley Theater, uh, where we grew up going to movies, and, and Marsha and I and Dominic still go to movies to this day. So, yes, and Alan will be coming and playing live, and he'll be playing uh, uh, music from, you know, the soundtracks of Halloween and The Thing and Christine and They Live and Escape from New York, and Michael will be appearing to uh, introduce Brutal and to sign autographs and take photos with fans. Um, so that'll be a really, really great weekend. I think that, I think it'll be awesome. So that's December. Did you say fourteenth and fifteenth? Yes. Okay, so we're gonna we'll, we'll advertise that a lot more before then. We got a little bit of time since we're still in October, and uh, so why don't you? Let's see. Right, who, uh, who else do we have on the? We have Kent on the line. Is Kent still on the line? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, Kent's there, and we got and Marsha. Are you still on the line? I am. I, my phone drops off periodically, but then I just dial back in. There you go. And we'll just add you every time so you don't even have to worry about it at all, sweetie. We got you covered. <laughs> I also want to give a shout-out to, to uh, Richard, Michael Stevens' father, who's like played an integral part in the whole movie thing. And he's not on the air, but hopefully he's listening. So here's a shout-out to Richard and, uh, and also to your wife, who's in Australia. Michael? Yes. With my son, baby Micah, yeah. There you go. And, uh, so we, wanna, we have to get everybody in, you know. So anybody else that's not call, who didn't call in, if you if you have any shout outs you think we need to give, we can do that too. But but uh, I, one thing I think is really cool is the fact that you know you made the movie in Portland, Oregon. You knew a lot of people. You have a lot of like like uh, close friends and stuff like working with you to make it a success. And I think that that's probably kind of like you know probably bittersweet in a lot of ways. Uh, being able to work with the people that you like care about and do and you share your life with in the first place and I think it's probably like a lot of fun and so kudos to to being able to bring it all together and work with all those people. Well, it was it was incredible. I got to work with two of my childhood heroes and I got to work with all my family and best friends. So I'll probably never have that type of wonderful experience in that way again. You know, we certainly had our challenges, but I I I, I just feel like I'm the luckiest man in the world. And I am giving a shout-out to my uh, best friend on the planet, Rick Stevens, who I'm actually sitting here with and visiting in Arizona on my way to New York. 
So he's the one I wrote the Haunted Caves for, and we that, that was our favorite thing to do when we were kids. So uh, he, everybody knows what an influence uh, he is on me, and he's he's my muse. I get all my inspiration from him. So shout out to Rick, also. Shout out to Rick. Yeah. And uh, also, then like, oh, now I just lost I just lost my train of thought. I had a brain fart. <laughs> you were going to talk about how uh, my mom's house was central to the movie as well. I think. There you go. Okay, that. Uh, who was that? Now who just said that? That was that, that was Dominic. Dominic? Yeah. Okay. Okay, Dominic, go ahead. Tell us how your mom's house was central. Oh no, your mom is Marcia, though, right? Yeah, no, ma- my mom. Okay, okay, Marcia, tell us a little bit about how your house got picked to be the the, the house in Brutal. Well, I would highly recommend if you were supposed to be helping with site management that you use your own house and the neighbors right across the street because it saves us all the time and trouble. And you get to be on hand to see all these marvelous things happening that you've only imagined in your mind from all the movies you've seen. So uh, they did an extraordinary job, and it was just uh, my eyes were wide open all the time, taking in all the events. Okay. Do you like, you know, when you have to go down into the basement to get, like, the lawnmower or something, do you feel different about it now? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Maybe actually a little more relaxed. Okay. (laughs) Now that you know you can kill people in the basement. Yeah, and get away with it. Get away with it. (laughs) So, actually, we're going to do something special for one of our special listeners. And so, like, I don't know how many of us are still on the phone. I guess we we have Dom, Marsha, Kent. Michael, Alan, Drew, me, and Chad. We got Dean Girl, who's Audrey. She's in France, and uh, she's like one of our big, big supporters and fans. And I always have to tell everybody that she's the biggest Chad Lindbergh fan on the site, on the planet. And uh, Chad Lindbergh's a pretty well-known, really cool actor dude. But anyway, I want to count the three, and on three, all of us are going to give a shout-out and say, Hello, Audrey! How's that? Can you guys do that for me? Uh, Because Audrey's rules. Okay. And uh, she also retweets all of our stuff on Twitter, and she's the coolest chick ever. So on three, where everybody say hello. remember, there's a delay, Audrey. so we got a delay here for them. Okay. 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 How much do I need to delay? So do a secret four to yourself. Okay. okay. All right. One, two, three. One, two, three, four. Hello, Audrey. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> it was a two. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> that was so fun. I love that stuff. Okay. That we, we always thank have you guys. To, have, yeah, thanks, you guys, for that. I appreciate that. So then, um, We got the best fans ever. So, Michael Stevens, tell us, what's something that you want everybody to know or what's a topic you would like us to, to cover about Brutal so we can kind of get some exposure for everybody and, uh, and, and you, you, you steer it a little bit for me? Well, I, I think you definitely need to uh, you know, tip your hat to Kent uh, for setting such a great mood with, with building the chair and making me appear to be so much bigger. And when you look at the chair, it doesn't look like it's, it's you know, abnormal size or anything. So I think I'd ask him about that. Okay, Kent, tell us a little bit about the chair. First of all, the chair is iconic, so kudos and props to you because we were talking about the chair earlier with Michael Baldwin and Alan Howarth yeah. um, about how like cool it is and how iconic the chair is. Who's got the chair? Yeah, I want to know that. <laughs> Who's got I actually the chair? still have the chair. That is oh, awesome. Oh, you lucky I, duck. It yeah, like- well, it was kind of, as I remember, maybe Michael can correct me, but um, it was. It came on pretty fast that we we had to get the chair, and it had to be a certain way. And um, Before I was a stunt man and set coordinator, I worked in construction in the film business for a couple of years. So I, uh, I said, well, I was kind of handling all, getting all the props and all this stuff together. Um, probably the majority of what I had to do with this and then try to help a little bit with the crew. But the chair, 
I just went over to Home Depot and picked some stuff up and tried to make it as strong as I could. And when we were setting it up, they thought, you know, this, this chair's a little short, don't you? I mean, it's, it's, how tall does it need to be? And I said, well, I just made it shorter. Because um, I used to do, um, what do they call that, forced forced perspective models and stuff as well early on. So I just made it a little bit shorter, shorter, but wide enough that it was set for his body. And it just kind of lends itself to making Michael look even bigger, although Michael's very tall. Um, I just thought we could accentuate that. So I just cut four inches off the thing and set it down a little bit, and there you have it. Oh, it really works cause, because, like, Michael looks like he's eight feet tall in the freaking film. It's so scary. Um, and I love the chair. It's so, I think it really speaks to so much of the film is, um, like, somebody's doing this on the fly. This isn't, like, all that well thought out. They're using materials that they have at hand. And so the, the chair does look homemade, like somebody could have made it in their basement. And it, it just looks... Uh, rough and butch and intense. Well, what I was Michael also really kind of, impressed with... Oh, sorry, Kent. No, no. no. It's Mike, Michael's idea to use stuff that it looked like somebody... I mean, it was his uh, his idea to use stuff that somebody would have in their house, not something they were going to go out and buy or anything else. And, you know, people have screw guns or, you know, screws and wood and whatnot. And So that's that's Michael's deal. I mean, he, he's the one that... that He's the well, I wanted it to look like it was made specifically for this individual. And um, another thing that was super impressive to me, if, if you take a close look next time, is the headrest. Because I had looked online and showed Kent different chairs uh, with the designs, and all of them had a very low headrest. So, you know, you'd be bound to this, like, short, stubby chair. He built the headrest, you know, extremely tall, so that Michael's head, you know, was was uh, underneath it. And I thought that, uh, you know, if you really take a look at that, it almost looks like some kind of long, twisted, distorted, thin throne. Um, I just thought it was fantastic instead of it just coming up to the middle of his back and having no, having that wood behind him added so much to it. And that was all Kent. So uh, I, I, I hope I thanked you for that, Kent, because I thought that was great. Um, although it was very interesting, uh, I call it uh, Michael Baldwin's Incredible Hulk moment. Our very first scene where he's struggling against the chair, um, you know, I mean, I was so excited. It's the first thing we shot with him. He's pulling because he's just coming to, and he's, you know, uh, realized he's chained to this chair, and he's trying to get out, and he just pulled the whole thing apart in about <laughs> 30 seconds. The whole chair. Yeah, came on. Uh, that's acting for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, well, that's Uh-oh, we lost it. <laughs> Are they still there? No, no, I'm okay, here. okay, okay, sorry it, about it, that. It doesn't speak much of my construction ability, but uh, I, I managed to put some bracing in it. I didn't uh, I didn't have, think it was going to be thrashed as hard as it did get thrashed. So I added some bracing to it uh, very quickly and uh, made sure that he was never going to be able to tear it apart again, which he couldn't, and he didn't, thank goodness. So I redeemed myself. I love the yeah. set design in the film, too, um, which is so critical because, you know, basically mo the majority of the film is shot in one room and um, and it's it's super intense and it's in a basement. And I wanted to know, like, about the wheel. Like, were you in on the wheel, too, Kent? Or how did the wheel come about? Because it's like the wheel of torture. Well, my, you know, that was Michael's 
you know, one of his very unique things. It's never really, never been in a, a, a film like this before. And it just so happens that my wife is a nurse supervisor for home health, so she educates nurses. So about a year before, I had made this thing, and this is actually pretty funny. It was called the Wheel of Preparation. It's actually my wife's teaching aid for her nursing students. <laughs> and now this we, is uh, irony. It's, it's true. And uh, so we just stuck a piece of cardboard over it and made it the Wheel of Torture. And so I actually, I had made that, but I had made it, you know, like the year before, and I thought, wow, I got out of that, I don't have to be, because I was busy at the time working on other stuff, and I thought, wow, I could, let's just throw this in there, maybe they'll like it, and they liked it, so I didn't have to build, I didn't have to build another wheel, and we just used that wheel, and uh, so it still has blood on it, and my wife takes it in and has to rub, every once in a while she finds more blood when she's teaching students, and they're nursing students, so <laughs> they get a little bit tough. Uh, Concerned that she goes through the process of telling about the wheel and she's Well, that's some preparation. That's something the audience can really look forward to. Uh, you'll know when you see the film what we're talking about when we say Wheel of Torture. Um, but it's great. And again, it has that like homemade appeal that, you know, this person, Brutal, just did this in his basement. And, uh, and it's very scary, and that's where one of our favorite scenes, the potato peeler, comes in. Absolutely, which is like the most ingenious scene ever. It is yeah. so awesome, and and I think there's some pictures probably on the website, mynameisbrutal.com, of like what that looks like afterwards. Yeah, and you can buy the potato peeler there, so buy it. Buy the potato awesome. peeler, you can get the soundtrack, and uh, it's You'll all never really peel good. potatoes the same way again. There you go. Or carrots, or whatever. <laughs> so, um... So then, uh, let's let's talk a little bit more. Let's go back. Uh, uh, Alan, are you still there? I don't know if Alan's there. Is, is it the eight one eight there still? Nope. Okay, Alan dropped off. Hey, so, yeah. oh, he, I think he's there. Uh, he's there. I'm, I'm here. I was just muted, so I wouldn't make any noise. Oh, okay. I want to bring you back in because we've only. He's got so a few. considerate of sound. I know it's like unbelievable. Like, yes, that's just you're the consummate professional. We want to actually uh, kind of bring you into the conversation. We've only got a couple minutes left, and and I just think it's so cool. Uh, first of all, I think it's really cool that you've been on all this time. We appreciate that uh, having you on, and and I, I I know that Michael's thrilled to death that you're a part of the project and you're such a talent. And so uh, I just thought we we would talk a little bit about like I don't exactly know what I just wanted to bring you back in. <laughs> Well, one thing, too, um, because in the sound on this, um, you doing composing, I was thinking, too, if we had Stephen on, you know, Stephen has the luxury of using lyrics, uh, whereas you're doing the score. And so you're setting the mood, uh, you know, really mainly orchestrally. Um, So how do you accomplish that when you don't have lyrics to convey uh, meaning? Well, really, if you think about it, my lyrics are the picture, right? I'm scoring the picture. So what the picture is doing dictates what the music is going to do. And in the case of Brutal, it's all in the basement, so the score is very claustrophobic. It's small. It doesn't have big scope, like it was an epic movie going from to multiple locations. So the idea of working the theme and working the arrangement of the theme was the technique uh, for, for this composition. In fact, some way, uh, in some ways... Uh, one of my composer buddies, Harry Manfredini, has a description for it. He says it's the clothesline technique where you just run a big long line from front to the back and you keep hanging different things on it as you go. So that's really how the, the, the musical composition is. It's, it's the same thing being worked again and again with different instruments, different uh, 
tempos, different fragments here and there, but it's still kind of the same thing over and over again. So finally, we get so used to it uh, that when it gets to the end and, the, and there's changes in the in the in the storyline that are kind of big surprises, it really works because this thing that you've been hearing all along, kind of telling you one thing, now begins to make sense as to oh, that's what this was all about. And and as I as I told Michael, the if if, if you're going to give a title to the brutal score. The title would be "Somebody's Gonna Die." <laughs> yes, yes, and there is like a very huge aha moment in this film, which we won't go into. But it really is—it's um, such a big payoff, and so, like you saying, the score underscores that. <laughs> um, but um, it really is a huge payoff. So for audiences, um, it's not like meaningless torture film just to do a torture film like there actually is a message to the film um and and i think that's some of the greatness of the script i agree that in fact that's why i think the movie's being well received that's why i shot an award for being the best original horror film at uh crypticon this year uh michael has taken the vehicle of horror movie and done something with it that actually becomes socially relevant it's just not gratuitous violence. So uh, that's why everybody is embracing the show and it's getting five-star reviews. And, and uh, you know, I'm really proud of the whole team that's on here, what everybody did to contribute to put this thing out there for us to be able to enjoy it. Absolutely. One thing, too, I wanted to talk about or just comment on from an outsider's view. Um, I know Jimmy Starr is listed as a producer on this film, um, but I've, I've not had any work with this film, is that uh, you guys did what you wanted to do and i think that is so key and i think people are embracing it for that reason and i also think um it's a very difficult thing to to do a project that you want to do and also uh all of the business end get distribution go into the film festival circuit can you guys speak about that a little bit how it's been for you all to be a part of um getting this film out there that's really michael michael go for it well, the first time that I saw it with a live audience, uh, I was with Michael Baldwin in uh, Kansas City at Crypticon, and, you know, speaking of the potato peeler scene, a uh, young woman threw up, you know, probably 22, 23. So I thought, oh, my God, my, you know, my, my wannabe career here is over. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody thought it was fabulous. So, um, you know, they're like, oh, the exorcist started that way. People were throwing up in the aisles, and she came up to me and Michael the next day and said she was really enjoying the film, but just that just she wasn't expecting that. So, um, and then everybody else was, was talking about it, and there was quite the buzz. But uh, aside from that part, watching everybody scream, ooh and ah, grab the person next to them, you know, completely shocked by the twists and turns, and then even, you know, some tears flowing at the end. Uh, I, it was just, it was everything that I had dreamed of it being. So um, that's when I thought, wow, maybe we can, maybe we can do better with this. So um, I actually am in the middle of two um, negotiations right now. I'm getting a proposal sent over today. Uh, from a sister company of, of NBC Universal, um, and they—it's—it's it's pretty exciting. I mean, I—I don't have all the details yet, but verbally on the phone, they said they wanted to do a limited theatrical release specifically in July, so that they could release it on Blu-ray and DVD 
for Halloween, um, and then hoping that, you know, word of mouth caught on and maybe it exploded um, in the theater. They absolutely loved it. They absolutely got it. Um, and that's that's very exciting uh, to, to, to have those type of people um, involved and excited about it. So we've had a lot of other uh, offers from smaller companies, but I've been waiting. And then there's uh, another company that Michael Baldwin knows about um, that wants it very badly. Um, um, so we're we're still talking with them as well. So it's uh, it's been very exhilarating to get all the great reviews and have everybody you know praising Michael's performance and the story and. Um, because it doesn't have all those proven formulas. There's no nudity. There's no sex scenes. Um, you know, there's 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 certainly a bad a guy with all the twists and turns. So we were taking a real chance, but everybody believed in it, and it's it certainly paid off, and it's thrilling to see that. That's so, what I love about indie filmmaking. I really love that aspect. So let's just tell everybody because we kind of got to like start to wrap up. Uh, you're gonna be. Uh, um, this weekend coming up, you're at the Twitch Twitch the Macabre Film Festival, October 19th through 21st. Brutal's going to be screening all three days, and then uh, you're, the movie's headed over to England, right? Yes, uh, we're a finalist in the Misty Moon Film Festival, hosted by Adrian King from Friday the 13th. So they had submissions from all over the world, and they picked 13. You know, obviously for Friday the 13th. Uh, so we're a finalist. We're we're in the first round, opening night, October 27th, um, and they play movies every night. Daniel Harris from the Halloween series will also be there as a celebrity judge. And then uh, if we make it to the finals on Halloween, uh, then the audience will judge the winner. So it'll be very exciting again to watch it with these with these. Uh, sold out audiences it's it's you know it's going to be very exciting and i'm hoping for the best actually too we should just give a shout out to zach daggy because his film slasher film is also in misty moon is going over to misty moon and he's uh he actually owns spook show tv which is one of our syndicators so yeah one of the syndicates of the jimmy star show um so so again then everybody also uh should follow brutal on twitter at my name is brutal uh, like our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash mynameisbrutal. And the website is mynameisbrutal.com. And we want, wish you all the luck with all of it and anything that we can do to support it. We want to thank everybody who's still on the phone and everybody who called in. Let's go through the list. We had Michael Baldwin. We still have Alan Howarth. There yes. we go. Okay. okay. Uh, Michael Patrick Stevens, Marvella, Dom and Marsha, Kent Luttrell, and Stephen Whitaker. We want to thank all you guys for coming on and, and uh, supporting the, the Brutal film and coming on to the Jimmy Star Show. We're very, very excited about the film, and we're very happy you could all uh, come and share with our listening audience. And we want to thank all of you for coming on the Jimmy Star Show. And uh, we'll, we'll as, as progression and things with the movie progresses, we'll continue to let everybody know. But we want to thank you guys very much for coming on the show. Well, I gotta say, you can order, you can you can download Steve's song, that thing that I've become at Amazon.com, and you can get the soundtrack at Alan's uh, website, along with all the fabulous Halloween soundtracks at uh, AlanHoward.com. There you go. There we and go. also go to MyNameIsBrutal.com and just check everything out. And we have pictures and all kinds of stuff on the Facebook page. You can see the chair. That's right. You can see the chair. And good luck this weekend at the Macabre Film Festival. And good luck at the Misty Moon uh, Film Festival. And, and again, thanks, everybody, for coming on the Jimmy Star Show. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. That's cool.
Chad, what's up? Okay. All right, everybody. We want to give some more shout-outs, too, to the chat room. Mel from Windsor, she, she's a big Chad Lindbergh fan, but I can't say that you're the biggest Chad Lindbergh fan because Audrey's the biggest Chad Lindbergh fan. So Mel from Windsor like is a big Chad Lindbergh fan, and Dean Girl Audrey from France is the biggest. Oh, my God. The biggest <laughs> One, so because no, nobody Chad's can take booth that over. Glass oh, just shattered because Damn. of that. And we want to tell everybody too, like, because uh, uh, I got all kinds of stuff. I want to do some promotions. We want to give a shout out to Cat and Nine Tails, Monarchy Records artist. Wait till everybody sees the album cover that's coming out for Cat and Nine Tails' new music. And Monarchy Records uh, is the record label that I'm the director of operations from, and the website's launching tomorrow. And I want to give a shout out to Mick Bannister who joined us in the chat room because uh, he's affiliated with the Boodle oh, that's film, right. and he's going to be with Michael at uh, Misty, Misty Moon. Moon in a couple of weeks too. And actually, next week we've got the uh, proprietors of Misty Moon coming on on the Jimmy Star Show, so we can promote it and talk about all the films and everything that. Are oh, be cool, on cool! So it'll be a lot of fun. Hey, Mick, what's up? And um, also, then everybody, we want to tell everybody uh, to, to try some Dynapep. What do you think? Absolutely. I don't actually need it, as you can all tell by that little last little burst of energy. Um, but actually, when we're on set, sometimes we do need it because uh, Dynapep is like the best at keeping you alert and awake um, without any crash or any grogginess afterwards. That's it's right. the best. Dynapep is the best energy micro shot. It's yes. very small. It fits in your pocket. Teeny tiny. It's got no... Uh, <laughs> uh, it'll keep you going for 10 hours and uh, it's incredible and we use it all the time and since I'm like currently working on like seven different films uh, sometimes I need it and you can go to dynapep.com or dial one eight seven seven do dynapep and uh, it's a great great product and Dynapep has no sugar, no carbs, no crash. Yeah. yeah. And also uh, a new a new company I'm kind of like affiliated and working with for all you people who like super nice couture Fashion for women. It's only women's stuff. Um, there's a new new website up for a really cool company. It's called DiscountDivaDuds.com. And when I say high fashion and couture, I mean like high fashion. high fashion and couture. If you like Chanel or St. John's or Escada or Prada or Tahari or Catherine Malandrino or Manola Blahnik, they have shoes and boots and suits. You know, shoes that are usually two thousand and you can buy them for five hundred. So we're talking. You know, it's not. Not cheap stuff, but it's for like lifestyles and the rich and famous and the people who really, really like high couture fashion. Um, it's phenomenal stuff. They've got awesome, awesome Chanel stuff. Great and, uh, way to build your wardrobe. Great way to build a wardrobe, um, especially if you're like a anybody who likes really a real fashionista. They've got purses and suits and jeans and everything, and definitely uh, you should check it out. Um, it's discountdivaduds.com. You can follow them on Twitter. It's at disc. D-I-S-C, Diva Duds, and uh, Discount Diva Duds on Facebook and like their page and you can see all the stuff. It's really, really cool. It's a great opportunity. And for anybody who, who's really into high fashion, couture fashion, that's the way to go. Absolutely. And there's some really nice pieces on that site. Yeah, really nice like, pieces. Like, oh, my God. And uh, the Monarchy Records label, uh, the record label that I, I am the director of operations, we got some of the greatest talent ever, including Cat and Nine Tails. Yes. And uh, the website will be going up tomorrow. And uh, it's going to be super awesome. And our first release is coming out next week on Tuesday by International Nova. It's called Mansions and Audemars, and it's a really, really great song. And we've had him on the show. We've had him on the show. We'll probably somehow play the song next week since it's our first release on Monarchy Records. So It's exciting. really cool. And you can follow us on Twitter at Monarchy Label, and you can like us on Facebook. It's Monarchy Records. 
And the website will be monarchyrecords.com. Yes, monarchyrecords.com. And you'll see me tweeting it all over the place as soon as it goes live. I'm very, very excited about it. We have so many announcements for that, which we can't announce quite yet. But it's very, very exciting. Great news for Monarchy. And we also want to give a shout out to all the Jimmy Star Show syndicates. Yes. And uh, we're having a very, very good time. The radio show is booming and blaring. Our our first home is W4CY Radio. We love it. And uh, Live in 155 live countries. Live in 155 countries. And if uh, you miss us on W4CY Radio today or Fridays at 3 o'clock, because yes. we're re-air on Fridays, you can also catch us on Jackalope Radio in Kansas City. It's jackaloperadio.com at WROM Radio in Detroit. And that's spookshow.tv, which is in uh, Indianapolis. Yes, and soon to be Spectra Records Radio as well. That's right, soon to be Spectra Records Radio in Charleston, South Carolina. Super excited. I know. We're like, so the shit. I know. We're (laughs) just banging. I mean, whoa. You got to like freaking totally like love it. We're going ham. That's hard as a motherfucker. And also, uh, if you've got any kind of events, (laughs) if you've got any, uh, that was really good. (laughs) If you've got any cool events coming up too and you need any celebrities or actors for any movies, you can check us out at Arcadium Entertainment. It's www.arcadiumentertainment.com, and uh, we just uh, signed up David Harris, who was from the Warriors, who we had on the show last week. So if you have any appearances and you would like to see Cochise from the Warriors, you can contact us, and we can like hook it up. I want to see him all the time, 24-7, because <laughs> he's so cool. Yeah, he's like way cool. It's really, really cool. It's really a lot of fun. And um, what am I forgetting? Connect Shot! Yes, we're on Connect Shot. Connect Shot is a entertainment social network for people who are actually working in the entertainment industry. And you can go to ConnectShot.com and you can join Jimmy Starr as a profile on there. I have a profile on there and the Jimmy Starr Show and Thomas J. Churchill. And uh, it's if you're working in the entertainment industry, you could be in music, you could be in film, you could be in fashion, you could be in beauty. Uh, there's lots of opportunities on there. There's casting calls, uh, job postings. It's a great place for people to connect. And you go to connectshot.com. It's your place to connect for your shot. There you go. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That worked out really good. Yeah. And you want to make sure you continue to watch The Voice because we have not yet seen Michaela Page. In the battle rounds. In the battle rounds yet. Michaela Page hosts many shows here at W4CY Radio. She is a sensational performer and singer, so everybody needs to keep watching The Voice because yeah, hopefully she's going to make it through the battle rounds. And when she makes it to the live shows and you have to vote, every motherfucker on the planet needs to vote for her. Yes. It's very, very important. Though. Like one of our own wins. She's, um, she's really the total package because she's got a great voice. Great control, great look, great stage presence. So I think she should kill it. She's totally like got that fashion thing down. Yeah, she really, really does. I like that part a lot. That's like she got a mohawk. She's kind of a chameleon fashion-wise I'm like digging it. Which I like. And uh, it's just fun. Chad, what do you got to say? Uh, Michaela is. uh, She has a great head on her shoulder. She's way ahead of her time. And uh, I'm rooting for Team Blake. Let's go. Yeah, and you should know because you're a musician. I see her every week. She comes in here. uh, She's... (laughs) Has a different outfit on every week. You'll never see Michaela Page in the same outfit. That's yeah. right. Or like Jimmy Starr, I, I believe. That's right. Yeah. Do you wear the same shit twice? No, I try not to. All right. I don't really like it. Well, somebody yeah. fuck him. He's famous for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> That's because his shirt today oh, says, fuck me, I'm it. famous. Love it. I love it. Well, I have a little special announcement, too. I'm so excited because American Story... Uh, American Horror Story starts tonight, all right. which is like one of my favorite shows of all time. And this is the Asylum episode, uh, like edition of the series. And it's on FX at 10 p.m. And guess who's on it? 
Adam from The Voice. Adam gonna, Levine? Adam Levine is, has a role in this. That's cool. So that's going to be quite interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Because this uh, the series is so dark and twisted. I love it. So I'm excited about that. And X-Factor's on tonight. Yeah. And I still have a whole bunch of stuff TiVo'd. I didn't watch Walking Dead on Sunday yet. Did you watch Walking Dead? No, I've got a TiVo'd. I will be watching it, too. I'm so excited. I love The Walking Dead. Do you watch The Walking Dead, Chad? You know me, Jimmy. You don't really watch anything, you know do me. you? What is it that you do watch? Uh, movies, documentaries, something educational. I've pretty much uh, veered from the whole, uh, what do you call it? Corporate? Corporate America, typical. I'm indie all the way, though, baby. Yeah. I like indie. I like small Wait film. till you see this horror movie I'm working on right now called The Bad Seeds. As we get more stuff for it, we'll let everybody know. We Are wanna... you The Bad Seed? Yeah, I am The Bad Seed. I he wanna... is, actually. Well, in right. the we want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Jimmy Star Show today. Thanks, chat room. Everybody in there, we think you guys are all terrific. Thank you very, very much for tuning in. And stay tuned, everybody, for the adventures of Pipe Man. Jimmy Star's the shit. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye.